This is Rob Jones. You listen to the Master One podcast to help you proud of yourself. Welcome to this sandbox episode of the Master of One podcast, part two for this week. This week, we talk to the insanely talented artist and illustrator Jason Edmiston. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. I'm Patrick, your master of television and film. And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games. So open up your eyes to a whole new world, because it's time for another episode. It's so good. Just so good. Sandbox episode, we're excited to talk to somebody who whose work we've been admiring for a very long time. If you're listening to the show or watching the show, chances are you know who he is. At least you're familiar with his work. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the contemporary legend himself, artist and illustrator Jason Edmiston to the show. Nice. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Why do you blush a little? Like you started to blush. You knew <laughs> I was going to say all that, but like all of a sudden, now that it's real, you get very red. <laughs> it's, it's very flattering. What can I say? It's um, just my, it's just my pallor. Every, every, all the blood shows through. I see, I see how that works. Um, so, uh, man, thank you for, for coming on the show. I know it's been a busy, busy time for you and we'll get to all that stuff. But before we jump into all of that, why don't you give everybody out there uh, a little bit of a Wikipedia page as to who you are and what you do? Well, yeah. Um, thanks for having me, guys. I, I've been listening uh, quite a bit in the last year, so um, I'm thrilled to be on. I uh, My name is Jason Edmiston. I am a uh, working illustrator, fine artist, um, commercial artist, whatever you want to call it. I'm living in Toronto, um, and I guess you may know me best from uh, companies like Mondo, uh, NECA Toys, Fright Rags, um, you know, um, different pop culture galleries and, uh, and avenues across North America. But, um, do you want to know from like the beginning, like where I started? Yeah. Maybe give us a little bit of a peek behind, uh, the man we know now and talk to us a little bit about what you got you there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually live, uh, in the same city that I grew up in, uh, about 10 minutes drive away from, where I was born. It's kind of crazy, but I do travel a lot now. So I went to school in Toronto and I went to art college at the Ontario College of Art and Design in downtown Toronto for four years. And I started working um, commercial jobs basically right out of college, but just for a lot of um, uh, magazines and newspapers and kind of smaller uh, commercial companies, you know, ads for, uh, yogurt or labels for, for, you know, uh, different flavored, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, olive oils and, you know, just kind of, kind of small consumer stuff, nothing, nothing too major. And I, and I kind of, uh, did that for a few years and I, I was still working a part-time job, still living at home, uh, with my parents when I was in my early twenties, uh, for a few years until I could afford to kind of move out and, and, uh, kind of go on my own. And, um, 
you know, work just kind of kind of built upon itself. Like I, I'd get more and more jobs based on previous work. And the jobs got bigger and bigger. And once I had a decent portfolio, I was able to get a, um, uh, an artist representative. And that kind of hmm. began the first part of my career, essentially. I ended up, for the first 10 years of my career, basically uh, working for bigger ad agencies and, and properties, doing billboards and, and magazine covers for pretty well-known properties, but still kind of heavily um, Canadian themed. So, you know, our big, everything is maple leaves. You mean? Yeah. Well, actually literally, (laughs) literally companies where I would have to draw, you know, a Toronto maple leaf, uh, here, um, or Canadian magazines that, that's, that were as Canadian as you would think, you know, children's magazines that had monthly. Yeah. Yeah. That had like moose and beavers on the cover. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Canadian um, hunting and fishing magazines, super Canadian themed stuff, but but they had pretty well. Um, they were pretty you know widely distributed and sure. they had decent budgets. And I even did the cover for this magazine, this national magazine in Canada called McLean's, which is kind of like our Newsweek. Oh, nice! Um, that was pretty high profile. And back in in the days when they actually had decent uh, cover budgets, mm. um, before they started clear cutting all the advertising. Uh, budgets. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was just kind of getting disillusioned with that career and, and I wanted to get into the pop culture scene. So after about eight or eight or nine years, I had started to do, um, comic book conventions, uh, you know, doing a lot of pop culture themed art, showing up in artist alley, selling prints and, and fan art and stuff like that. And I would also go to San Diego comic-con and Chicago comic-con and New York and, uh, on my own dime and literally travel around with my friends in a portfolio and try to show my work around to all the art directors trying to get uh, comic cover work and toy, uh, you know, box art work and uh, action figure packaging and all that stuff with, with my portfolio. And I finally started to get some um, nibbles with Hasbro mm. um, and some, some t-shirt companies, some horror t-shirt companies that I still work for like Fright Rags. And I got a few kind of genre gigs here and there doing horror stuff that I'm kind of well known for or superhero stuff or star Wars or GI Joe or, you know, little by little to the point where I knew I could kind of do it on my own because I was hustling to get these jobs on my own. So I actually left my agent and then it began the second half of my career, which is the last 10 years of my career. It sounds like, like, slowly building over time. Like it doesn't necessarily yeah. sound like there was just this moment where something clicked and now you've just like rocketed, you know, towards no. where you are now. It sounds like no. you have been grinding for a while. Yeah. It was a, a, a snail's pace. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was, a, it was a, it was a rocket to the middle. It was, <laughs> it, it was really, it was really at a snail's pace for, for the first 10 years. I mean, it took forever to get anything going because, you know, I'm a bit older than you guys and the internet was not like it is now sure. and self-promotion was not like it is now. We would literally, when I was with my agent, we would literally have to make 
little booklets of of our art and and advertise in annuals that would yeah. physically be mailed to different wow. companies, and they'd have to look through these books and like a like a source book and and pick artists from these books, and then hopefully contact your agent, and they'd say, hey, we've got this job, this is the budget, blah blah blah. Oh, and by the way, we're going to take thirty <laughs> percent, right, you know. Right. And a lot of times, especially with working in Canada, I mean, these are Canadian dollars, they're not American dollars. So, I mean, you're essentially working for smaller budgets in Canadian dollars and 30% uh, of that is taken off. So, I mean, it's it's a real grind to kind of get any kind of momentum going because mm. you're really investing any kind of money that you make back into the business and just enough sure. to kind of survive, right? So. So what does that do for you now? Like, so sitting where you are now, and, and we're about to yeah. jump in kind of more of probably the Jason that, that you know, most people are familiar with. But yeah. what does that do for your attitude and perspective now? now? Now that you're in this place of, again, a lot of influence and being really well known for, for this um, for this style art that you do, um, do are like, I, I imagine you have some appreciation for that grind. Is it something that you kind of like wish on other people or is it uh, something that you're, well, no. you're or? I would only wish it on them if I, if I dislike them, I suppose, because it, <laughs> it was, it was really awful. Like, um, I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't have wanted to do anything else. This is kind of the only thing I was ever good at, yeah. uh, for, you know, to do for a profession. And I can't imagine any other career, but I, I wouldn't have wanted to wish, you know, that experience, that first uh, experience on young artists because it was so difficult. I mean, I see yeah. a lot of other, I call them my contemporaries, but they're 10 years younger than me, you know, and they kind of have, they're at the same point in my career now and they're there 10 years earlier. And I wish that kind of had happened with me. I mean, I think Gary Pullen, cause we're the same age. I think he kind of had the same feeling on this is that because we didn't have the same exposure with, with the internet and pop culture boom wasn't what it is now, you know, with gallery 1988 and, mm -hmm. and, uh, spoke our gallery and, and Mondo and that kind of came around in the last 10 years. So we kind of, we were, we had some practice built up. Yeah. So we were, we had a running start by the time the pop culture boom or the pop culture resurgence or whatever you want to call it sure. happened. So we were in a good position because we were kind of already working professionally and we knew how to work the deadlines and we knew how to hustle. So I guess we were better prepared than maybe some of these younger guys, but yeah, it seemed like, they were kind of handed their, their, you know, their, uh, quicker than, than we were. <laughs> sure. Well, I want to, yeah. I want to talk about that because we've heard that from a couple people we've talked to, uh, over, you know, the years, other artists where they came from a different background and, and that pop culture they're they're in that now, but that's not where they started. I want to know, like, how right. did that change for you? How did you change your business or change your craft or change your marketing from coming from that more, I guess, Geese analog and moose? Yeah. yeah like <laughs> that, that more analog <laughs> style or like cold calling or pounding the pavement kind of oh, idea wow. versus the internet where anybody can see you anywhere. So, like, how yeah. did that shift for you? Uh, it was, it's, I'm, I'm very thankful for the internet and, and image, uh, sharing, um, social media platforms. Like I will go back further than the Instagram, uh, deviant art was yeah. huge yeah. for me yeah. because that was kind of what Instagram has now become for me. It, I don't go on deviant art anymore, but it was kind of the Instagram for artists. It's, mm -hmm. it was like Facebook for artists. I used to call it, uh, because it was a great way to, to just, post what you're working on and meet other creatives with similar tastes. And you could search by images, you know, keywords and 
And I would actually even get jobs through DeviantArt just because mm-hmm. it was a great way for other artists, other creatives to share their work. And you kind of get to know each other. I know a lot of guys on Facebook, guys and girls on Facebook now, and they're friends of mine, you know, in real life that I met way back in the DeviantArt mm-hmm. days because they had a following like Dan Luvisi or um, Serge Burrow, um or Bobby Chu, these sort of guys that you might have run into because um, they had big art followings. And I was like, oh, these guys are cool. And they've got a lot of people looking at their stuff and they're yeah. interacting with their, their fans. Let's make friends and, and share ideas. And, and then that's now what Facebook and, and Instagram is for artists and sharing your work. But that was instrumental in people of my generation getting our work out to a mass audience without having to have agents, without having to send out mailers, yeah. without having to cold call or even a lot of times physically go to conventions and, and take your, your portfolio around. I would go, um, every November because they had, a you know, American illustration awards. And sometimes I'd get awards uh, for that publication. And my wife and I would go in November for the awards annual, uh, party. And we'd literally take a portfolio around by foot and walk up and down Manhattan and go to time Warner building and go to a village voice and go to, and knock on doors and hitting the pavement like you are absolutely yeah like like a like a brush salesman in a in an old uh, episode yeah. of you know uh, uh leave it to beaver or something yeah sure, sure. hello man i interest you in this vacuum <laughs> <laughs> you know it's i drew but going yeah. from it, it's more leaving the beaver right because you're transitioning <laughs> from canada yeah, I, I see what you did there <laughs> patrick needed help with the explanation <laughs> i'm still getting it I thought, but... it was, I thought it was going sexual there for a minute but no <laughs> never i would never nobody, do something like that nobody um, pairs sexuality with canadian <laughs> <laughs> no one would ever make that connection well never mind. I, I, do, I, do, I don't know what i was gonna say go ahead i do have a question though because as as i slide you know <laughs> please start <clears throat> Let me say a different word. As I scroll through your Instagram feed, right. um, and I've you know I've been following you for a while, but as I as I scroll through this, uh, the the advent of social media and image sharing and everything has been good for you, right? But it's also been good to you because I'm seeing all of these directors actors i mean you got tommy wiseau in like the last 30 posts right uh where he's he's sharing and liking your work you've got greg nicotero from the walking dead among other things right you've got these incredibly like well-known talented people who are loving and liking and sharing your work that's that's a world now i would imagine that without social media you would never know who's buying your work. So what does that do for you as the artist in terms of um, drive, uh, in terms of encouragement, in, in terms yeah. of, you know, whatever? What does that do for you as, as the artist? Well, I mean, it's, it's very flattering uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, you know, as a bare minimum because, you know, I always wanted, you know, you want, you want people to see your work, but if you see other directors or actors or somebody that you admire their work, and they're enjoying it as well. It kind of, it, it, it takes it to kind of another level where it's like, Oh my God, you know, this artwork got out further than my city. It's like, not just my parents and my neighborhood, you know, my neighbors and my friends like it, but these people in this other city and even these famous people that I thought were on this, you know, crazy Island, you know, in, in a gold chair, you know, (laughs) (laughs) my metaphor is kind of like this, this 
uh, uh, these untouchable people that you never think you're going to run into, and they actually know your work. You know, uh, Sylvester Stallone's people wrote me to request one of my posters for his collection that that he prompted you know that it, it wasn't just like okay we're trying to get everything that everybody does related to this guy it's like he asked for it and he and he got his people to reach out you know i, I was a, I, I was literally just um, not to name drop but i was literally just um uh tweeting with uh, elijah wood today about my my right. show because so cool. he lives in austin and, yeah. and i know he follows mondo and um you know uh, hopefully one of these days he'll be able to make it out to one of my shows but it's kind of cool that you run into these people that you like their work in their creative field. You know, it's not painting and drawing, but it's, it's creative and they're right. artists themselves, musicians or whatever. And you're able to share your art with them as well. It's kind of, I mean, it's, it's the same as running into, you know, another, uh, you know, well-known poster artist th- that you like and like, Oh man, I like your work too. It's, it's yeah. kind of validation, sure. you know, more than anything. So it's it's super flattering it's validation and above that it's it allows your work to be spread much further because these fans of of those people will kind of take a second look at your work they're like because you've been validated in a, in a small way yeah you're like oh well if it's cool enough for this guy i'm gonna go and follow his page and then they forget why they followed your page after a while they're just following it because they like it mm-hmm. and then yeah. you've got a gallery coming up or if you've got a print drop coming up you're like, oh, they'll take a second look and maybe you'll make a sale. Maybe you'll make another friend or a follower or whatever, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just networking. It's, it, all it is is networking. And it's free. Yeah. yeah. Above everything, it's free, right? Until Instagram, you know, puts a clamp on it. <laughs> yeah, eventually. It's no, just, yeah. no, but that's, that's great. And it's not just the idea of certainly, obviously, networking is, is great and important. So for that, but I think just the attitude I'm hearing from you about how you go about it and, and about how you it just sounds like you just appreciate the fact that people want to connect with you i, I think yeah, that yeah. mentality comes through and how you interact with people and that's sure. really really important yeah, so I, I think it's exciting and it's it's super rewarding i did not have uh, a rewarding experience with the first half of my career i i did it because i could do it i was able to do it and it made money and i didn't have to get a real job <laughs> you know i worked right. out of my house so that's a, a bonus but it didn't make a lot of money. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't very rewarding. Um, personally work, you know, the, the work wasn't really personally rewarding because it was, you know, fabric softener ads and ice cream containers. And it was just, who cares? Mm. You know, nobody hangs it on their wall. Right. Mm. So mm. if, if it doesn't make you, what's that thing Adam Carolla says, if, you know, if it doesn't make you happy and it doesn't make you money, why are you doing it? Yep. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm like, you know, F this. <laughs> I got to get out of this field. I got rid of my agent. I went out on my own the same time that Gary left, uh, around the same time that Gary Pullen left, uh, the magazine that he worked for, for many, many years and went off on his own. And we're like, we need to, we need to do this. We're actually starting to build a following. We can do this on our own. We don't need to have a, a you know, an employer or somebody, you know, a, a, a teat to be tethered to. I don't know if you can be tethered to a teat, but you get my, my mixed metaphor you know, we can do this on our own and social media, um, and the internet and places like, you know, larger pop culture venues like Mondo and, and, uh, Gala 1988 and, you know, places that would share your work. They also helped greatly because they have such a big fan base and they support their artists. 
Totally. So let's move now into part two. I think that's perfect. So now yeah. you've, you decided, Hey, I can make this move. Like I can change, yeah. I can go after this. So, so what, what does part two look like for you? Well, what you've been seeing the last, you know, couple of years, uh, of my career is essentially what it's been for the last 10 years. I mean, it, it, um, I met around the, around the, the time of that I was about, I met and just working at, uh, you know, Justin Erickson from Fam City Creative. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, two other Toronto guys, actually, um, uh, Justin still lives in Toronto, but Gary is now in Hamilton, uh, in the same city that, uh, Matt Tobin is living in. So I, I kind of have this small group of, uh, creative friends that we hang out with, uh, a lot and we have a lot of the same clients. Uh, so we met around 10 years ago. And um, at a comic show, actually, in Toronto at the Fan Expo, which is probably the biggest Canadian comic convention. And um, I've, I, I knew that Gary had worked for Mondo mm -hmm. uh, on a Street Trash poster, I sure. believe. And Justin Erickson was just starting to get some nibbles from Mondo. And, um, and I had heard about them kind of just through the, the grapevine, you know, Facebook. And, oh, what's, what's this cool... Uh, uh, thing poster by, by this guy, Tyler Stout, you know, yeah. this is when nobody knew what Mondo was really. And nobody, right. well, you know, just the hardcore guys knew, Sure, but I was an admirer of this new avant-garde kind of alternative poster scene. And I was also starting to be aware of Fright Rags, which is another big, um, influence and client in my life. And Gary and Justin both worked for Fright Rags doing horror themed t-shirts. So, the three of us, um, this is before we met Matt, the three of us would have house parties together and, and hang out at conventions together. And we were talking more and more and they were suggesting, Oh, you should try to work for this company. Or I'm like, Oh, Hey, how do you get in with this company? We just kind of share our resources. Mm -hmm. And I started sending samples to, um, fry rags. I don't remember the exact, uh, chain of events, but, um, I think somebody that worked there, uh, had shared my work with, with Ben Scrivens from fry rags could be a great guy that uh, you guys should uh, interview if you haven't yet. Okay. And, um, and I started working for them doing, doing some posters and some t-shirts. And then I know it's a long story. It's kind of rambling, but Ben was friendly with Mitch from Mondo mm. and had shown, um, a night of the creeps versus monster squad poster that I did for fright rags to Mitch. And, uh, Mitch liked my work enough to show it to Rob Right. And it just kind of snowballed into me working for them, eventually doing uh, I did a Maniac Cop 2 poster for them. Yeah. And that, you know, turned into the rest of history. And, yeah. And then at the <laughs> same time, uh, you know, uh, 88 was around and they actually had a, a required reading show, which is a, a, a classic uh, literature themed yeah. group show that, mm -hmm. that Mondo curated. Mm. And I was in that show and did a, uh, screen print. I did um, maybe my second screen print uh, for that show, and then that got me into the gallery scene. Yeah. And it kind of all happened at the same time. But you see how kind of yeah. one job you get yeah. you gets the other, and and it just kept snowballing. Yeah. So basically, the career that I have now it is made up of you know a lot of horror T-shirts and and licensed art for toy companies like NECA um, or Super Seven or I did some walking dead toys for McFarlane. Yeah. And, 
uh, and movie posters for Mondo and gallery shows for Mondo, um, pop culture gallery shows, which you guys are aware of. Mm-hmm. And then some other stuff that you, you never end up seeing, but it's still pop culture themed. Like I might do a, a poster for a, a marathon, like a rock and roll marathon or something sure. in Arizona, but it might still have like a movie poster kind of vibe to it. Right. So it's still related to that scene, even though you guys, because you're following, you know, the, uh, you know, the Pinterest stuff that's popular, uh, Goonies and Gremlins and Ghostbusters right, right, right. and all that. Um, <laughs> uh, you might not see that work, but it's still of the same, of the same flavor, you know, yeah, right. Tyler Stout's gig posters are the same kind of vibe as his movie posters. It's, Absolutely. but if you're only following movies, you might not see those. Right. It's, it's yeah. the same work. So I want to take a quick pit stop before we get to like yeah. your actual gallery stuff. And we start talking about shows and stuff. You said something, uh, you know, the, when you guys are, uh, you know, your friends, you're talking and you're sharing work and you're sharing resources, that's not a thing that you hear a lot. Like you don't hear that much. At least we don't hear that much from artists. We're hearing it more and more. Um, but it, it's a little surprising to to the outsider of of this idea of like, hey, here's how you get work from this person I'm getting work from. Or here's how you get to, you know, where I am. And um, maybe like uh, how do you – why is that important to do or – uh, why does it not matter to share your resources? Because a lot of people think right. you can't uh, you can't share that because then you're you'll lose the, the work. Yeah, you're going to lose your own work. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a that's a great um, point to bring up because in the first part of my career, I never had that. I would go you know to the odd get together uh, with other illustrators that were in the in the business, and it was very clicky. Yeah. Or I'd go to a party for an illustration party, and you'd try to introduce yourself to people, and if they didn't know you. They just kind of they'd be polite or whatever, but then there was there was never any kind of engagement. It, it wasn't very uh, cooperative. Sure. Until I got into the pop culture scene, and then everything turned around because I don't know why it is, but it's very communal in the pop culture scene and the horror scene, uh, the toy scene. It's it's very much um, like when you go to MondoCon and you're walking around. You guys have all been there. You see all the artists are friends with each other. That's not just because they all happen to know Mondo. It's because anybody in that scene knows each other and runs into each other. Yeah. It's why you can have a show like what you're having in, in LA coming up the, uh, the Quattro show with uh, Matt Tobin and, and uh, new flesh and, and Vance Kelly um, and uh, James uh, Davis, right? Yeah. Uh, James Green Davis. Um, because those guys were, were friendly those type of people were, were friendly anyway. I mean, I'm on a, I'm on a Slack channel with a dozen guys that, you know, in the scene from all different companies, Mm -hmm. but we share, Oh, talk to this guy, at this company. uh, Oh, you want to do album covers? Oh, you should talk to my friend here. This is what you, what they, what they're asking for. Oh, you want to do a 59 parks print? Talk to JP and do this. And and this is how you use this screen printer. Don't use this guy. You know, this guy's always busy, but this guy's better, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, something about the scene, both horror specifically, because that's kind of like a sub scene yeah. within it, okay. and pop culture are so communal and so friendly, and they share because it's it's so style-based where you get hired specifically for your style and not just because you can fill a need like, oh, yeah, he's, he's good enough to advertise this, uh, right. you know, this 
I don't know, this Twinkie or this ice cream or whatever, <laughs> but this guy's okay too. And this guy's okay too, but let's get the budgets in and see which guy's the cheapest or which guy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no, it's so much based on, we have to get this guy because he's the exact same, he's the exact style that we want or this girl or whatever. They're the exact style that we want. I'm not going to get a job that somebody wants to hire Tegan white for. Yeah, sure. Right. You know, and Tyler Stout's not going to get a job that, you know, maybe, uh, Ollie Moss would get something like that. It's like very specific. Yeah. Oh, we got to go for this person. So it's, we're not worried about losing jobs to anybody because we wouldn't have gotten it anyway. Cause mm-hmm. we're kind of sure. different enough. And there's almost a, a desire to be as different from your influence as you, as you can. There are some people that, you know, ape stout or ape moss or, uh, uh, you know, some of the bigger guys in the scene because it's, Oh, that's popular. I think, and I like it, I'll do that. Sure. But there's, there's such a backlash with collectors that that kind of attitude I find gets weeded out really quickly because yep. they want different. Yeah. So like, you know, we don't want you to um, not work. We just want you to be different, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it forces people to be as unique as possible. So I think that's a perfect segue into what we've spent the last 20 minutes talking about your work, but we haven't for the people who, who, who don't know your work or don't recognize your name tied to your work. We haven't really described what your work is. So talking about the uniqueness of it, your work is very, um, you can kind of recognize it in, in the sense that it, it feels very vibrant. You use very defined colors at the same time though. It's very, real i mean it's 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 centered in the world of realism um likenesses you do great portraits like nobody else you capture color and um composition of faces <laughs> and, and the light, even the lighting so if you think about um kind of a a fine artist you bring the pop culture vibe to fine art and everything you right. do is by hand right like everything is right. uh yes and no uh everything um hmm I don't know how to describe this. Everything that is a painting is by hand. Mm. Everything okay. that is a, a but my my uh, screen prints are a mix of hand and digital. Okay. Okay. So nice. my she clays would be by hand. If I print in a she clay, it's it's because it's a it's a hand done painting. I don't really paint from scratch digitally because I like to have a physical painting to sell. Sure. Yeah. So, but if it's a screen print, it's a mix of of traditional and digital. Which is, and so so. Uh, everything you do has kind of this real, but also hyper real feel to it because of your use of color and lighting. And it's very dynamic in terms of how you do stuff, but what you've kind of become known for, at least in recent past is really focusing on one key part of the body and that's the eyes, right? So we have a couple of, of our patrons in our Slack channel who have, who have, uh, you know, we, they had the question, why the eyes? What is it about the eyes that uh, has drawn you, par- uh, pardon the pun, has drawn you to it? Well, there are, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, probably the most important is, is that the eyes are always the hardest thing to get right on a, I, okay, I love doing likenesses. I, li- I love doing pop culture characters, yeah. specifically licenses. Uh, I sorry, likenesses. Um, and you know, meaning not just kind of, uh, uh the DeLorean from back to the future, but I, you know, just the people specifically, I like the characters. I like the expression, um, because I was trained in editorial and advertising illustration. I love emotive characters, you know, yeah. characters that have some kind of, they're, they're telling a story with how 
their pose or their expression or their hands or whatever. And that's kind of what I was trained to do. I, you know, in communication and design, we were taught to, uh, Ex- express a story with an illustration in order to sell something essentially it's commercial yeah. art like this is you know this is a, a character and and he wants you to buy this thing or wants you to feel this way or whatever so i was always drawn to the, the character part and i grew up with mad magazine and movie posters and that sort of thing and always wanted to be you know robert mcginnis or drew struzan or uh tim and greg hildebrandt you know that that sort of thing and those guys always relied on capturing a likeness. And it's, it's kind of like how, um, uh, a musician or, or, a uh, you know, a, an athlete would want to do something because it's the hardest thing to do. It's like, I'm going to work towards this thing because it's, it's the hardest thing. And everybody's agreed that this is the most difficult thing in art. So that's the goal is to do that yeah. as a challenge sure. yeah. myself. Sure. So it's not to, 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 be above anybody else just kind of i want to reach a goal myself it's like i want to be able to draw a picture of you know i don't know arnold schwarzenegger and have it look like him and have when you show it to people don't say is that supposed to be right, <laughs> you know, right. it's like oh that's a great arnold schwarzenegger or whoever right so i was always drawn to that and i was thinking up an idea for a new pop culture themed show because you know all my all my shows up to this point have been related to you know pop culture and i love pop surreal movement and and anything kind of based in things that we kind of all have a some visual touchstones that we can all right. relate to a general connection sure sure it's just what i'm drawn to it's it's not because it, it's specifically it's a popular thing and i can make money off of it but i've always wanted to do those type of shows i used to get juxt, juxtaposed magazine and high fructose and and i always love those little in, injections of oh that's mickey mouse or that's right. you know uh fred flintstone you know, in a modern setting or whatever kind of, you know, thing going on. Anyway, I digress. Um, so I was thinking up an idea for my new pop culture show and I thought, well, what could I do that was the bare, bare essentials of that character and still capture their likeness. Mm. And, um, and we're just, um, spitballing some ideas. And I thought, well, what if I just kind of did a highlight of, of their eyes. Would that be enough information? If I just took it down to, cause you've seen the series before they've done them a very graphic series before where it's just famous hands, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Spider-Man's glove or, you know, Freddy Krueger's hand or Wolverine's, you know, claws or whatever. It's, it's just kind of like that one costume detail that reminds you of that character. Right. But I wanted to do it with the eyes, which would be very specific to the, in a lot of the cases, the actor or the personality portraying that character. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's yeah. not just generically um, a monster. It's, oh, that's Sean Connery's James yes. Bond. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, some of the, some of the portraits ended up being monsters or robots or whatever. And it's not, you know, it's, it's a, it's basically a, a costume, but a lot of, in a lot of the cases, it's a very specific person. Like, um, uh, I want to mention some from the last show, um, like, uh, like a, one of the Batman the Batman, mm-hmm. can you, can you call him that? Yeah. Like a very specific Batman or Jack Nicholson's Joker or, um, you know, uh, Norman Bates, you know, yeah. very specific. Okay. It's that character portrayed by that actor. Definitely. That's his eyes. I can tell. And also it, it captures an emotion. Uh, maybe I've got some interesting lighting or some colored lighting. So in a very small one-to-one scale drawing, the size of looking through, you know, like a, 
a little mailbox or looking through one of those doors into an exclusive club, you know, one of those little slots, like eye slits, can I capture not only a likeness, but an emotion, a mood, a tone, and make it interesting, you know, um, and, and make it some, make it something that somebody's going to want to buy. Do you, you know? just finish one of these sometime and just go like, man, I just effing nailed this. I'd like to ask the opposite. Yes. More <laughs> sometimes. I mean, that's the rare occasion that I really love it from the beginning. Cause usually I, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I should have, I should have done this or I should have made that more expressive or I don't know if it quite looks like him. And I, I, I struggle with it a lot, I, but there's a, every now and then there's one that I, it doesn't work out. I get it 90% yeah. and I look at it and I think this is just not going to translate. Mm. Nobody's going to get this or it's not interesting. There's nothing, not enough going on mm. and I'll actually scrap it or I'll paint over it. So the show that you're going to see on the ninth at Mondo is actually been edited. I've cut out some ones that just weren't working mm. because I, I've even finished a few of them and they're, they're, they're not really, singing like they should okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. this is going to be an edit it'll be an edited show but i'm hopefully I, i'm hoping that it's it's going to be a nice tight um it, i mean it's a big show but i'm hoping it's nice and tight and i and i kind of called it to the the best yeah. of the ones that i've done yeah sweet so, well okay so we are going to transition to final questions because we are taking a ton of your time and i feel like you would give us all the time we needed but we don't want to do that you're awesome to talk to i hope i'm not rambling too no much, dude right? it's been, oh, it's been great, great. I, I would i literally could just listen to you ramble for another two yeah, hours we could do this all not, night that's but not utilizing that's not your fair. time very well <laughs> um so before we no before we started uh we talked about like everything else that's not you in art and you mentioned video games so my final question is yeah. uh what games are you playing and what kind of games do you like? Okay. I love video games. I don't, I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really, I don't do sports. Okay. I'm not, okay. okay. I don't sports. No sports. So I, and I, okay. Specifically, I don't like sports and I don't like uh, multiplayer games. Okay. Because the way I play, I end up playing for 45 minutes at lunch or I play for, you know, an hour before I go to bed or something. And yeah. it's always kind of weird times. It's all in your time. Always, yeah. Yeah. I can't always guarantee that I'm going to be available mm-hmm. for group play. Yep. So sure. even though I have a bunch of friends uh, that also have PlayStations that we can, we can play destiny together or something like that. I know I can never align my schedule with them. Sure. So I prefer to play action games that okay. are, have a strong single player um, campaign. Uh, campaign to it. Yeah. So right now, I love um, uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. It's one of the best games I've ever played. Yep. But games like, um, I like the Tomb Raider, like the modern Tomb Raider yeah. games, uh, Uncharted, and uh, Last of Us. Those nice. are probably give an idea of like my favorite yeah, type of games. I'm really looking forward to, um, uh, what's the zombie game that's coming out? Uh, um, oh, yeah. You know what you're talking about? Is it? Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Where you're, the guy's a biker? Yeah. Yep. It's coming out in like Q2 of this year. Yeah. Um, but games like that, you know, first or third person action games. And um, uh, the uh, Dying Light. Days it's, Gone. Uh, Days, Days Gone. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. That, that game looks amazing. And Dying Light and the, and the, and the follow-up uh, DLC were amazing. Yeah. But 
I, I just love the the aspect of the exploration. Yeah. I don't know if you guys play for the same reason. I love walking into a, a world and oh, what's around that corner? Yeah. And, oh, I forget what I'm what I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's in peril that I have to get them to uh, have to get to them immediately. But but I have oh, to lift this, this, this rock dog. first. Yeah, this yeah. rock. <laughs> yeah, what is this? Oh, I think I'll make a fire. Or, yeah. I, actually, I don't have a. Um, I heard you guys talking about the the Zelda. Yeah. game and i don't i've never owned a nintendo of any kind sure and i was actually considering buying the new uh the switch just for zelda it's incredible you would lose yourself in zelda it, Breath I mean, of the you Wild. Can, you can, can, i you. spent no joke like the other day i spent 45 minutes cooking yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's so i mean it's so good it's just well, good. Kids wow up, it too, though. i'm just imagining while his kids are upstairs going like, dad, dad we're we so eat? hungry can we eat dinner no no no, no for sure <laughs> i'm working on it <laughs> so <laughs> so you like yeah you, you like stuff with monsters still some stuff with monsters still and yeah. more cinematic experiences with big worlds you can explore i yeah. love it yeah it's good yeah it's great I yeah. too like playing games where it's just like just me. Yeah. That's because I get anxiety about disappointing other people. <laughs> that's, that's it's it. good that he does totally the show with thousands of downloads each week. No, no, no. I just like the thought of like being has to pretend like that doesn't exist. This is just right. for us right now. Right. It's, it's too much pressure to like upset some twelve year old on the other side of the country. Right, right, right. I can't handle it. Well, getting cussed at by a twelve year old just hurts all the time. That's what I'm saying. Like that's a, that's a hit that my psyche can't take right now <laughs> so i just single player that's it um yeah, so i'll go ahead and jump in my question um yeah. so you mentioned being the desire for people to be different that being said at least in i'm gonna say the the mondo con scene because that's the last setting i saw you in yeah uh you're kind of wildly different than other people i mean the the so Andrew asked before the show started if you ever referred to yourself as like a fine artist. And uh, and I know you said no. But when I see your work, that's kind of what I thought initially. Like I, I have to believe that there's a, a, a very large amount of time that's invested in each one of these pieces. But not to, not to mention a lot of training and a lot of practice just to get you to the point you are. I mean, I, I, it's, I don't think someone's going to sit down and like two years later, they're producing Jason <laughs> stuff. You know, that's just not the case. So, so, so being in a space where, uh, either from maybe the, the, the technical know-how that you have to have, or like the complexity of the piece, or maybe the time invested, um, what is it like maybe being one of the few people in the space that, that do what you do? Is that something that, that you see as a, a big, um, value add for you or on the flip side, because I'm, a, you know, your work can command more money because it's uh, not just because of who you are, but also the amount of time, technical ability, all that stuff to produce it. Uh, does it actually hurt you that you have to convince someone that my things cost more than other people's, you know, prints oh, or whatever? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think there's really a negative to it just because I think the collector base kind of can see, I mean, just from, from judging the chatter that from, you know, I follow the boards or, or whatever. I I can see that people are um, aware that that something that's hand done and, and you have an original is is going to be more expensive. You know, sure, sure. like a an ink drawing from Horky, you see it in person and you can see the man hours that were put into it. Right. Um, and that's I would say it, the opposite is true that you can't see the the sixty hours that went into a Dan Danger piece. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm aware of it, but yeah. the average person can't necessarily see it because they they just they just see 
the end result and right. it, and they can't you know see the the lines forming kind of in person like you can with an original something about the the physical medium and you can actually see the brush strokes or or the tooth of the paper or whatever it seems like you can kind of say oh that would definitely take many many hours to do and sometimes it doesn't translate as well in digital i i wouldn't say all the time but sometimes it's it's harder to translate i do, i think it it helps me greatly that i'm one of the few quote-unquote painters or or in in that kind of vein of fine art yeah uh painters in the scene but i'm not rare for the the world of art or the world of illustration i'm just kind of rare for the pop culture scene i think because everybody's you know and i'll get back to we'll circle it around to what i started talking about at the beginning is that most of the artists that are popular that are working today are 10 years or more younger than me so they grew up drawing on tablets and not having originals to sell they're they're all computer all the time yep so i although i'm older and kind of got into the scene later than them i kind of have that pedigree behind me that um not a lot of people in the in the scene are doing what i'm doing so it kind of makes me special in that respect it only because i'm i'm one of a few sure but um but in the world of illustration and and where i came from originally say doing editorial illustrations or advertising or whatever that was the majority because most of the artists that are big in that market like say uh, tim o'brien or uh, roberto parada or anita kuntz um uh, mark frederickson who does all the uh, covers for mad magazine right who's now digital but it used to be all these artists used to be at least traditional artists so they all have physical art and that's what I grew up on, you know, even at the Hildebrandt brothers. Well, uh, I guess Greg is, uh, the only one still, uh, still around or say Boris Vallejo or Alex Ross. Like these yeah. guys are either my age or older. So they're traditional artists for the most right. part. So it really is kind of like, uh, I'm at that, that, uh, um, that breaking point between technologies, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm lucky in that respect. Sure. Uh, but, I think people see value in it. And I'm also able to have a digital career where I'm able to sell prints and a physical career where I am able to have uh, gallery shows and have physical art to sell, which I, I love that because I always wanted to do that when well, I was. That's, again, perfect, perfect segue into what I want to ask is my final question, which will lead us to uh, really what we all came to hear about, which is the show that's coming up tomorrow if you're listening to this on release day. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. But, um, you so you talk about self promotion. You talk about the idea of of kind of putting yourself out there in as many channels as possible. But you also are you've kind of mastered the idea of multiple. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you have you have made a a system of efficiency in terms of making a, a gateway for people to get your work. So everything from a twenty five dollar print to a an original sketch like the sketch that that print started with to the original painting you have made price points for every collector at every level to get into your work which is from a business perspective it's a masterful idea and so what is it about that even to the point where you you're selling prints and you do remarks on some of these prints, right. which make them also a one of a kind, and they're your original. What what is the drive behind that? What what who told you to do that? Because well, it's genius. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's it, by no means is any of that original. Maybe I'm just un- unusual 
in, in the scene for that, but I kind of just pulled, you know, the things that I like from other artists that are also doing it. I mean, yeah. I'm sure James Jean does that or, or you see comic book artists do that too, where they'll sell the pencils and then they'll also sell the inks and they'll sell signed comics or they'll do remarks on the comic covers. So because I have kind of exposure in that comic book collecting market as well. I mean, I grew up on comic books and I went to, I've been to San Diego comic-con every year for the last, I can't 12 years or something either as an exhibitor. You're, you're a veteran. That's yeah. Good. Either I've never, I've time. never once paid for San Diego comic-con. <laughs> that is my goal to die without ever paying. What? At a, at a if they stop inviting me, <laughs> I stop going. That's amazing. <laughs> I've always gone as a pro. Yeah. And then I started, I got a table. And then I, I've never stopped getting a table. So I've actually never paid and I've always been to every day at, at Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, paying for a table is, I mean, that's not well, that that's, cheap. That's the entrance fee right there. Yeah, you're yeah. working it. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. working it. It's not like you're just going and hanging out. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the unfortunate part. I can't leave my my 10 by 10 booth. But um, none of that stuff is, is by any means new. But I... <laughs> Rob Jones likes to say I, I don't like leaving any money out. probably because I said those exact words to him once <laughs> but uh, I, I look at it as I, I made the art and somebody wants to buy it why don't I sell that thing yeah. so I, I've even sold thumbnail sketches before I've literally sold a thumbnail sketch for my Halloween poster I don't know a hundred dollars or something it was the size <laughs> of a post-it note I, you know, you sell that. Though, you sell. Your thumbnail sketch is going to look better than my finished rendered drawing. So, <laughs> well, hey, I I put it up for sale and somebody wanted to buy it. But you sell that. You sell the type pencils. You sell the inked versions of it because I'll scan my pencils and I'll print them out and I'll link those. And then you can sell the posters. And then if you do a sketch on the posters, you can sell an upgraded version of those posters. Like there's all different price points. Right. And, and why not? I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. No, I made it. No. Yeah. It's it's licensed. It's fair game. You know, I figure it's also getting my work in the hands of more collectors, which also broadens my uh, my base of collectors. That's the smart thing for me. I think you've a lot of guys get to the level that you're at. I know I'm taking this beyond the question, but a lot of guys get to the level that you're at and you are at the top. I mean, you're you're at you're at a high level, right? Um, It doesn't get a whole lot higher than that. I'm pretty happy. And by the time they get there, (laughs) they forget the entry level collector. And you have set it up in such a way that you have remembered that there are some people who haven't yet uh, found you. And and once they do, once they have the gateway piece, eventually they'll get to a point where they're like, oh, you know what? I have enough prints. I'm ready for an original or I have enough sketches. I'm ready for a painting like that kind of idea. And, and I think that's so smart. And I think so many people can learn, um, even, even some of these other guys who, who are at the top of their game can learn from that mindset that you are constantly creating an, a gateway and an entry point for new people, um, and to, to broaden your influence and broaden your audience. I think it's super smart. Well, okay, here, can I, can I interject one yeah, thing? Yeah, it's it's very timely because my wife and I will watch a halt and catch fire. Yeah. And there's an episode today. I won't spoil it if you guys are following, but there's an episode today where one of the characters was explaining a business model to a group of people, and they were explaining that they sell this pro version of this thing that they built to corporations for large amounts of money because they can afford it, but they give away the base model for free to the public. Yeah. And I, I turned to my wife and I said, that's what I do. It's like you, you essentially, that's, that's like, like an Instagram model or like a Facebook yeah. model. It's, 
you, you give away something or sell something for a small amount to the average person, but you can always upgrade if you want that next level. And yep. it's kind of the entry. It's the, it's the, it's the drug dealing model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's commerce from, you know, bare, it's bare basics, com, you know, commerce, get them interested at a low level and, and get, get that collecting bug going. And they'll kind of travel with you along the way and they'll grow with you. And they'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a bit better now. I think I'm going to invest in a, I'm going to line up and, and go to that next show and invest in a pencil sketch. And, oh man, that was, that was a lot of fun. I think I'm going to save up or sell a few posters. I'm going to get a painting next time, a small mm-hmm. painting, you know, hundred dollars or whatever, and kind of work your way through the collecting base. I used to collect dollar store figures, dollar store, go bonk-offs. You know, GoBots, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you guys know GoBots. You know, dollar store GoBot knockoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I bought the licensed ones for Hasbro. And then you get into the sideshow collectibles that are like mm-hmm. $300 each. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to three zero and get like the or the $1,000 toys. Yeah, like yeah. There's all those levels of collecting. Yeah. I, I'm a consumer of pop culture, so it's this exact same model. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just, I'm selling, hustling paper. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. smart. It's super smart. So take us into um, to the to the main event. Uh, this is airing the day before the show. I'm going to be there. I'm going to see you there. Awesome. Um, Great. But uh, you're going to be dressed to the nines. Yeah, <laughs> that's Suit, one thing we didn't get tie. to talk, talk about. But that you. Yeah, you'll you'll be looking way better than everybody else in there. Everyone else will be sweaty from waiting in line for a week. That's right. Um, that's right. But uh, the the uh, eyes without a face two show so yeah. it's like the the sequel um i we talked to rob jones at the at the last show a couple weeks ago and he he kind of hinted that there's 99 um that there might not quite be a hundred because there's yeah just shy just shy of a hundred yeah i i think speaking to to cutting some of the some of the ones that weren't quite making the cut i want this show to be tight so i'd rather have you know close to a hundred really good ones than a hundred just to say, I do like to set a goal for myself because if I don't, I would have quit weeks ago. I'm exhausted <laughs> I <would laughs> I gotta, at, at the time of this recording. I've still got a, a few more to do, so I'll be working all weekend to get these done. And then that's it. Um, we were so, joking that maybe yeah. some, some of the paint would still be drying when uh, they were open. <laughs> they, they uh, so give, they give everybody a, a peek uh, uh, behind the curtain. So knowing that this is going to air right before the show airs, yeah. give people an idea what they can expect to see from the show. Um, let people know that they need to make it out to Austin. They still have time by, okay. by the time this episode airs to get there. Let, let us know what, what this show is going to look like. All right. Well, uh, I'll be in attendance. There's going to be nearing a hundred uh new paintings Mm -hmm. and all the corresponding plus a few extra pencil sketches for all of those paintings nice so there's going to be almost 200 pieces in the show wow including the absolute largest thing that i ever painted and i used to work for a mural company whoa i didn't mention back in the day uh but i would do huge murals for restaurants and this is bigger than anything that I ever painted professionally for that. And it's company. still just the eyes, right? Just the eyes. It's wow. uh, eight and a half feet tall, and it's twenty-two feet long. What? That's, that's big. Are we going to have to open How another? Does it fit? That's How larger than Mondo. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's as big as their largest wall. Wow. Okay. You can imagine their if you if you're facing the um, cache. Yeah. The yeah. wall on the left is their largest. Ah. Uh, okay. Of the entire wall. Um, plus a few other large ones. Um, also, uh, 
there and there, and for people that aren't aren't aware of what the what the the, the show is about, it's uh, it's just a one to one scale close crop of um, of eyes from all over pop culture and you know uh, uh, art and music and movies and TV mm-hmm. and and cartoons everything. And by one to one, I mean, if it's, if, if it's a human, it's human size, it's, it would be the same size as you standing in front of it. And it looks like looking through a, a mail slot, like about yeah. the, that, you know, a one by th- one to three ratio, uh, up, you know, at my last show, I had a, uh, Bruce from jaws, the, the shark yeah. and it was shark size. And it was, you know, like, a, like the size of a door. Um, so everything is one-to-one size monsters and robots and, and cartoon characters. Um, they're all new. They're all different from the last show. And also in attendance will be uh, my parents and my wife. And if you guys have been following my, my screen print career at all, my father and my wife have uh, oftentimes been models for yeah. some of my posters. Yeah. So um, uh, Hateful Eight specifically, all the men are my dad, unless they're just straight, you know, screen grabs or, or promotional pictures that I've, I've called together. Uh, the, the, um, Daisy is, is my wife. I had, I had gotten costumes at a costume shop and dressed them up and lit them and, and, you know, and just obviously added the heads of the actors. Um, or my Halloween poster is my dad, you know, posing in that way. So they'll be in attendance. If, if you want, and you think it'd be fun, please bring any, of the posters that they pose for. If you want to know which ones uh, they are, I've listed them on my Facebook feed. Nice. That's so fun. You've and, made, you've made yeah. them like accessory uh, celebrities in this situation that they're going to. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, I think it'd be fun for them to, to at least to meet them. If they, I mean, my wife's been to shows before you probably, uh, if you've been to a show, mm-hmm. you probably met her at least once or twice by now. Uh, my dad's never been to one of these shows. So I'm flying my parents out specifically so they can kind of experience the big awesome. gallery show. I'm excited because they've never, yeah. They've been to some of my gallery shows in Toronto, but we don't get the crowds like we get in Austin. I mean, gotcha. I'm really excited of just having them. Have awesome. it's, a big, it's a big deal uh, s- stated by the fact that somebody on Mondo Trader has posted. They are already lined up. Uh, yes. I, I believe Even it's like Piper. 10 days ahead of time. That's yes. That's a, I think that's a record. I think that even surpasses Comic-Con status. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> it might be. Compl- it might be. He. He's, he's going to smell terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, he, Steven is actually a really good um, uh, supporter of my art. And, and uh, he's a friend and, and he's, uh, he's actually been first in line, I think, for uh, all of my shows. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if he has uh, some friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, or like just Steven and I enjoying a nice gallery show by ourselves. <laughs> uh, rumor has it that you will be giving out uh, prints to the first fifty people who are going to be in line. Yeah. Is that correct? Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Yes, the, uh, it's a limited, exclusive print edition. Uh, I've saved a few for um, a, a contest I'm having on um, on a on if I if you don't mind uh, oh, me yeah, saying, on Adventures in Design with with yeah. Mark. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm cool. doing a promotion on his show all week. Uh, but other than that, this print is exclusive to uh, my Eyes Without a Face 2 show. So the first 50 people in line will get that exclusive uh, uh, Eyes Gicle that has never been printed before. Um, and it's a piece from the show. Nice. 
Awesome. Um, will there be prints? Yeah. Will there be other prints available? Or is it just original? No, it's just, just originals and pencils at the show. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, man, we could not be more thrilled. I can't wait to be there, uh, to get some, to, to see this stuff firsthand. And, uh, consequently everybody who's, who's watching this show on YouTube and can't make it out. We will have a recap episode with all the stuff on YouTube. So, uh, just keep your eyes peeled for that. Obviously keep your eyes peeled to Mondo for any of the stuff that might drop after the fact, if there's anything left. Um, but Jason, um, holy cow. I think Monday, uh, the, the following Monday. So then, uh, uh, I guess the twelfth. Yeah. Um, the the leftover uh, pieces will be available at mondotees.com. Nice. That's awesome. Thank Great. you for your extended time. I know this went yeah. a little bit longer than what we agreed on. And if you're a regular listener, this went longer than we typically go. Um, but you have so much to offer, and we're so excited that you were able to join us. Yeah. We can't wait for the show. Tell everybody where they can find you and follow you and support what you're doing. Yeah, probably the best place would be uh, jasonedmiston.com. There's links for all my social media there. Uh, it's uh, E-D-M-I-S-T-O-N or Jason Edmiston Art on Instagram. Probably be the best place. I post. I try to post something every day. Nice. Awesome. Before we head out of here, Thanks, would you be willing to uh, draw some tokens for us so we know what we're talking about next week? Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for the interview portion. Up next, we're going to draw some tokens. The tokens portion every week is when we get to find out exactly what our category is going to be next week so we can pick our topics based on that category. So uh, I've got the tokens. Jason, I'm going to put them down here. I'm going to shuffle them up in front of me. I can't see them. You can't see them. Give me a number between one and three, and we'll be picking for Patrick. Three. Patrick, you got art and design, my friend. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, That comes at a great time considering what we're doing this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I would agree with that. Uh, <laughs> right. You guys, can I? Can I say before I choose the next one? Yeah, I was. I, I've been listening a lot to your to your podcast. You know, these last few months. Ever think about interjecting a wild card one in there? We so, do. Now and then? We have other. We have other wild card ones. Do that it we right now. We go on the Throw road. it in there. Okay. Throw, throw interject a wild card. All right. There it. you go. Shaking there things up. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I'm still keeping art and design because that one's really good this week. So just, <laughs> That's fine. I'm That's gonna fine. Sh- I'm going to shuffle these up. Give me a number. Should have said something earlier. <laughs> Give me a number between one and five, and you'll be picking for Luke. One and five. Okay, uh, four. Four? Luke, you have the sciences. Yes! (laughs) Good thing that's not broad. So random. (laughs) So good. Uh, And then that leaves me with with toys and games. So uh, congratulations. Uh, Jason, bringing the the goods all around. Holy cow. The sciences. Find all of them. My monkey Sorry, Luke. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. You can find show notes and links to everything below this if you're watching it on YouTube. Otherwise, go to mf1podcast.com. You can find an archive with so many other incredibly talented people like Jason. Um, if you are going to be in Orlando, we're doing a meetup at uh, at the boardwalk at Disney. The just cruise. Go, yeah, just find it on find the information on Instagram cruise club because we yeah, have cruise club la- cruise club lounge with incredible artists there. Um, if you are going to be in Austin, make sure you stop out, say hi to me, say hi to Jason, get, uh, Jason's dad to sign all of your posters. And, uh, man, it's, this is going to be a blast. We're on social media, M of one podcast, you know, all of that stuff. Um, but just find us subscribe, listen, like share, follow all the different things. Um, but for now we're going to get out of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Luke. Oh, I'm Jason. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. Always be hustling.